Welcome to All Villa, No Filler. Remember to like and subscribe to the podcast. This is Rivalries, the show where we meet fans from rival clubs. Today, I'm joined by Newcastle fan Freddie Bunn. He's on the board of the Newcastle Supporters Club here in London, also known as the London Mags. Freddie, welcome back to All Villa, No Filler. Good to be back, man. Always happy to speak to fans of another club playing in Europe. So, always good. And it has been a long time since both of our clubs were in Europe. So, it's a, it's a nice feeling. You know, I'm sure this will be a, a nice feeling podcast rather than some of the acrimony that our clubs have had in uh, recent years. Um, yes. But, uh, but yeah. So, first of all, you know, first day of the season, uh, St. James's Park, Newcastle, Aston Villa. How do you feel about the big game? I I could have done with any other opposition, to be honest with you. I think we learned a lot about the two sides last season. I think when Europe kicks in, there's going to be a lot of struggle with a lot of the games. Um, however, for the first game of the season, it's going to be a really interesting one. I think they're two very level teams. I think we've got a lot of new players. You know, you guys come in strength of form off the back of last season. I think it's just going to be really interesting. Anything could happen. It's the first game of the season. Yeah, it's uh, Newcastle away is probably about as <laughs> there's, there's like three fixtures you want to avoid. That's probably one of them. Uh, we haven't done well there for a very, very long time. Uh, but it, you know, I'm uh, considering how Villa did in April against Newcastle, I'm sure that's given the players such a level of confidence, but also, um, yeah, it's just it's just really hard to predict. It's it's hard to prepare for a team that signed new players. Uh, and and to know how they're going to set up. So, you know, on that front, what have you made of Newcastle signings this summer? Well, it's been fantastic, to be honest with you. I think we've really made... We've kind of been operating really quietly and calmly. We knew who our man was in Sandro Tonali. There were some kind of feelers put out about other players and different midfielders, but the way that it's transpired and looking at how everything's come out after the transfer for that in particular... It, we kind of found out that Newcastle always knew who their man was and they went for him. And Tonali himself even said, I've come to here because this is the club that I always knew really wanted to get me. So it's clear there's a lot of strategy going on behind the scenes with our transfers. You know, you have to look at the way that Harvey Barnes was announced out in America when a day before Eddie Howe gave a press conference where they said, you know, what's going on with the Barnes transfer? Any news? And Eddie said, absolutely no updates to give you he's not a tomb player we don't know how the transfers are going it came out the very next day in very glossy kind of um marketing ploys from the club that it was his plane ticket to america the way they announced it and we found out that he'd been training with the team in the states for three days previously oh, so right. we've kind of been very astute eddie howe is good at kind of lying completely um and putting different mixed messages out in the market so it's clear there's a strategy going on and it's clear with the outgoings as well as the incomings that we know the kind of players that we're looking for and it's a real team strategy. So we've strengthened definitely and it's good to see that it's not 200 million spent on Saudi players or this or that. It's actually very structural players that are going to add to our season and they're going to have to play their way into the team as usual. Yeah, Tanal is an interesting one because he, uh, you know, such an amount, a big amount of money and he, I think he was AC Milan's, at least one of their very key players, very talented. But I have seen a few people sort of questioning how he might get on in the Premier League. So I'm interested to see how he does cope and whether it maybe takes him a bit of just a bit of time to adjust. 
um, you know, considering the financial outlay. But then, you know, Harvey Barnes as well, his his numbers at Leicester in recent years, even when Leicester last season were poor, were still very, very good. Very direct player, you know. How, are you excited about Harvey Barnes being there? Harvey Barnes is kind of it's if you if you if they wanted to put in an Eddie Howe player, he's the absolute epitome of that. So it's very much the one twos down that left hand side. We've got Almiron on the other side, who you know, if you'd have watched last season, you would have seen the constant one twos between him, Trippier, Bruno down that right hand side, really unlocked teams. We had Alanson Maximan, who's a fantastic player on that left hand side, but it was always and I don't want to do a disservice to Alanson Maximan at all. He's, he's an absolute hero amongst amongst our fans. But it was always the, the Alanson Maximan show. So Harvey Barnes is very much that player that you're not going to notice him until the ball's in the back of the net. And yeah. that is very much what I think Eddie Howe is looking for. It gives us an option that is very dynamic, is very direct in the way that he plays. But like I say, over the course of the season, you know that he's got more strings to his bow and is not just going to get man-marked by about five defenders. Mm. He's a bit like a striker, isn't he? In, a, in the way he plays, oddly, like the, the way he pops up with a goal at the back post, and he scores a lot against Villa. He scored an absolutely fantastic goal against Villa uh, for Leicester last a few months ago. Um, you know, so yeah, if you're if you're a betting man, uh, <laughs> I probably wouldn't bet against him getting a goal in his home debut, but uh, I, I hope not, of course. Uh, but uh, you know. Newcastle and pre-season, they actually we actually played each other, Aston Villa, Newcastle in the US. Um, what what have you made of Newcastle's pre-season uh, performances? Well, it's interesting just to start with the Villa game because it was a strange game, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. I think we played three at the back, and I'm not sure whether that was an Eddie Howe thing to mm. try and throw Villa off, knowing that it was first game of the season. I mean, that's got to come into it, hasn't it? But yeah. I think for us, we're unbeaten. That's the first thing to think of. Um, yeah, Gates head in the rain is what it is. It's kind of just getting fitness up. But as we've rattled through, the American game's been treated really professionally. Mm. And so it's been kind of very strategic how we've played those games and who we've played. It's not been a free-for-all like it's been in previous seasons for us, where I think I remember losing to Wolves about three years ago, watching it and just thinking, what are we doing? Like, There's no strategy. And, the, and it was evident in the season after that. I think we never know what's to come with Eddie Howe. He's always very good at keeping his cars close to his chest. Um, but we've had it really strong. We've just, you know, won the Seller Cup, which is our new sponsor. Um, you'll never sing that, which is <laughs> madness. So we've just won that at St. James's Park, where I think we finished 4-0 against Villarreal on Sunday. So yeah. we're starting now to... We've done some Premier League opposition. We've done a fitness against the lower leagues and, and against Rangers as well. Um, and now against Fiorentina and against um, Villarreal, we've started having some European experience as well. So it's been really diverse for us. Um, I don't know what's been what's been happening with Villa. How, how have you guys gone? It's very similar, very diverse. But you know, I think getting that European experience. Uh, played Valencia away at the Mestalla and won two nil or two one. Played Lazio. Uh, I'm sure Lazio enjoyed playing at Warsaw's Poundland Stadium. <laughs> that would have been an experience for many of their sort of international Serie A players. Uh, beat them uh, handily, uh, just dominated them. And then uh, in the summer series as well, had some really positive displays. Uh, so I think Newcastle and Villa probably had quite similar pre-seasons and probably in quite similar form in a way. So it's 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 a fast it's kind of a fascinating opening day really you know two teams who are probably very high on confidence um you'd think newcastle being at home probably has that advantage of the opening day atmosphere and you know just that that kind of 
pressure probably you'd think helps Newcastle. But, you know, the thing with Emery as well, though, is that whoever, every game we play, it always feels like there's a plan, uh, always feels like we, we compete and we don't just fall away like, you know, in the past we would have done. You know, I would say in the past pre-Emery, I would be like, Newcastle away first day of the season, we'll lose 2-0. Uh, now I'm more hopeful that that might not happen. Exactly. I think, do you know what, just to pick you up on that, when you said about feel, like being almost being surprised that there's a plan, this is, I think, a real, just for your listeners as well, I think this is a real similarity between our two clubs. It's still being in that zone of having managers that are really competent and know what they're doing. You yeah. know, so much that your YouTube viewers will see that I put them on the wall here in terms of Eddie Howe. <laughs> And I'm sure that you're going to be putting Unai Emery up with his uh, Professor Emery picture as soon as possible to get the win on Saturday. Oh, if, if Professor Emery ma- manages a win this Saturday, I'm getting him tattooed on my face right here. <laughs> Walk into work and everyone's like, what is that? who's that on your face? Like, How do you not know? It's Professor Unai, for God's sake. Um, the highest intellectual mind of his of his generation. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, so, you know, Newcastle, uh, you know, you've got you've got some fantastic players. I think Alex Izak particularly is one that really sticks out to me as a super player. Who, who do you think are Newcastle's biggest threats this weekend? Well, we we went through a period of time in the middle of last season. I do remember where we struggled to get goals. I mean, we st- this is how our kind of season last season panned out. Nobody was expecting us at the beginning of last season to have the absolute goal fest that we had. Goals were coming from everywhere. Almiron, who I think had scored probably about four or five goals. I mean, don't quote me on this, but not a lot of goals since signing. And it was like, is he a flop? Signed for 16 million. And at the time was our highest, our biggest signing since Michael Owen of 15 million. I mean, that's going back. Like no one expected the goal fest that we had. During the middle of the season, as we progressed in the cup, in in the Carabao Cup, we hit a bit of a goal drought. I remember being at, Leads away and really struggling. Oh, sorry, leads at home really struggling. A few games where we really, really ground to a halt in terms of our goals. Mm-hmm. So we had to change something. And what changed is that Alexander Izak embedded into the side, and Callum Wilson was fit. So we we started for the first time in a long time at our club having a real competition to be playing up top. So that towards the end of the season just meant that everybody was on top of their game and on fire. So you get goals from. You start with Isaac, and he might be playing on the left or the right, switch it up. If the, if he might score one or two, he'd come off at half-time. Callum Wilson would come on and still get a goal when the opposition were knackered at 80 minutes. So mm. it's an amazing feeling as a club. We're still in that early stages of the new Newcastle United. But for us, anywhere really, like if you if you can manage to cut the passing lanes in terms of the one-twos, Mm. still ease out to come to come into play and sort of dribble around a few players there is still share to be playing long balls over from the back with Joe Linton sneaking in behind we saw that against Spurs when we battered them at home last season and there's always Callum Wilson who can get a goal anywhere inside that 18 yard box so positive times for us in terms of threats there's lots of them Mm. I I think uh for me, the thing that slightly concerns me is when Villa played Newcastle in pre-season, there was a goal you scored where I think it was Trippier hit the from deep, yeah. saw a midfielder running from deep that beat Villa's high line and yeah. a ball through like that. And I could imagine that's a tactic that that Howe goes for with Harvey Barnes, for instance, running from deep, wait to hit Villa just at the right moment. And that's 
I think that's what managers, you saw it with Thomas Frank as well when Brentford played Villa, even coaching his team. You he heard him on TV saying, just time your runs properly, basically. And one of them did. So I think that's Villa, something Villa are going to have to deal with this season, just that teams will be more prepared and will try to break that high line better than they did last season. Um, on, just on that point, sorry. I think you're talking about Elliot Anderson. And I think yes. who that ball went to. And that's a good sort of hidden gem threat that other clubs might not be looking at. He's a homegrown talent. Um, it's very funny. If you look on the TV, he looks like Graham Jones's son. <laughs> so if you're watching TV this weekend and you see Graham Jones, you see Elliot Anderson walking arm in arm, you will notice the like likeness. But he has really grown into himself. A couple of seasons ago, he went on loan um, to Bristol with Joey Barton's team as part of that kind of promotion charge um, mm. with seven goals on the last day of the season. It looked rigged, um, which shows you kind of shouldn't have been in that league in the first place. But he's not gone out to the championship. So I'm not sure whether he'll start, but he is another player to come off the bench and is another threat that a lot of teams currently don't know a lot about. Yeah, I, I think so. Against in that Villa game, he got the goal and he also won the ball off Kamara for the second goal. I think Isaac scored. That was Anderson as well. Um, he looked he looked impressive. Um, but you know, we sort of focused on Newcastle's threats, but then Aston Villa themselves, you know, obviously carry a lot of threat as well. Uh, is there anything in particular that worries you about about the Villa? Ollie Watkins, um, lots. Basically, just I think it's the way that you. Last season, you were able to play out the back, play out the back to us, which mm. is one of the things that struck us. I mean, I was at Villa away. It was after this podcast where it was one of the most horrendous away days of my life, to be honest with you, because you're losing 3-0 and it was like, you guys were just so up for it. But the way that Mings was able to just, was absolutely able to keep command and control, because our biggest kind of threat is our pressing. Eddie Howe's kind of um, manifesto, if you like, is intensity is our identity. And I think you might have seen the trailers for the Amazon documentary that's coming up. Mm. And uh, Eddie, one of the things he says in the dressing room is, let's go out and let's show them our running and let's give them an intense game. If they want a quick game, let's give them a quick game. Villa were able to kind of play right through that. So I don't know how Emery's doing it. You would have seen more in pre-season, but I mean, is your kind of on, on the ball, on the deck, passing quite good these days in terms of playing out? Because it was the last time we played you. It's, What's the sort of battle for Villa? It's absolutely fantastic. It really is. I mean, when, as soon as Emery came in, he did it from the first game, first mm. game against Manchester United. He was getting us to play out from the back. And at Villa Park, I think we've not been used to seeing that for a very long time. Um, in this country, we are conditioned to hearing various people lined up along the side of the pitch when you're a kid, screaming, kick it away, knock it long. So it, it took. I think it took a while for um, quite a lot of fans to sort of get used to the idea that the defence were not just going to lump it away if they were put under pressure. They were going to try and play it out. And eventually, Villa looked like a really good side at doing it. And I think um, Tyra Mings, I think people underestimate the guy, you know, for a long time, because he's made a couple of high-profile mistakes that have appeared on TV. I think there's this sort of idea, maybe among fans who don't watch him that often, maybe fans from other clubs who only see him every now and again, who think, oh, he's an error-prone player. And actually... To overlook the real quality that he has, not just as a sort of talismanic defender, but also as a as a ball playing defender, he's actually really good at it. I think, and I think Cons as a player is only getting getting better at that. And then obviously Paul Torres, who we've signed, pretty much that's why he signed him. He's is is his ability on the ball. Now I'm not sure if Torres is going to play at St James's Park. I do think Villa are going to try and move to a back three when we're in possession. 
uh, with the fullback bombing on. Um, I'm not sure we're going to do that at St. James's Park just yet. I think that's more certain that we'll try it against Everton the week after. Um, uh, so that's sort of why I'm a bit of a question mark about how we approach Newcastle. Um, but yeah, I think playing out from the back is and the way we can move from back to front quickly. Just as a just as a Villa fan who's not, not been used to this, it's it's amazing. And that's why I'm you know I just sound so elated, like I'm in a new relationship with someone I've just met, and it's like everything's just sunshine and roses, and I cannot fault them, you know, at all. Uh, it's it feels a bit like that at the moment, but you know, um, with, with New, Newcastle, um, you know, is there anything that sort of concerns you at all? Is there anything that you think? Are, are there any sort of I don't know. Is there anything about the way you play, or was there are there any signs that you, towards the end of last season that you started to feel like I hope we've, you've improved there? No, nothing can possibly ever be wrong about the new Newcastle United. We're not allowed to complain. <laughs> not allowed to have yeah. weaknesses. They don't exist in Toonland. So, um, yeah, of course there is. I think it's mainly a question of of depth. Like it, it's really funny because we're really in tune. The whole club is kind of singing on the same hymn sheet at the moment. So I would have said at this point last season, you know, Longstaff, is it really the future of the club? But everyone's had the Eddie Howe effect and Longstaff has been one of the absolute shining lights on it. And now we've got Tonali in that role as well. So there's we have added depth. I think the thing for us really, if if, if you were to kind of poll the fans, maybe myself as well, is left back for us. Um We've got Dan Byrne, which I think Eddie's very keen on having you play your way into the team and then you're in the team. Like, that's how it kind of works. You don't lose your spot as long as you're still delivering. We do mm -hmm. lack stuff going forward um, on the left-hand side, really, from left-back. So we've got Byrne, we've got Target, but Target doesn't get enough game time to be a kind of attacking left-back. So we've got burn, but that doesn't really carry a threat going forward. So that's kind of the only element where we can stall. Um, however, everything other than that, like I say, there's not a lot that you can complain about really in terms of our squad depth. It's maybe just a case of allowing the new players to to play the way in, which is why Villa might not be the ideal fixture. Okay. Yeah, uh, I, I I could see that. Um, yeah, with Newcastle, I think. So in the in the three 0 at Villa Park, it was um, something I did notice. There was uh, Douglas Louise seems to have a lot of time on the ball. Douglas Louise is just a really fantastic midfielder. He, he really is, um, and he he was able to sort of dictate play. But then when Newcastle had the ball, Douglas Louise would be straight on Bruno Gomares and wouldn't let him play. So I'll be I'm interested to know whether Eddie Howe observes that and figures you know figures out a way like okay that that's that was a mistake last time and maybe they'll sort of rectify it for this yeah. game. Um, but, you know, I mean, how, you know, Villa and Newcastle, um, uh, you know, with, with Villa fans at least, there's like a very, I think, justified optimism at the moment um, going into this season compared to how it's been in previous years where it's like, maybe we can dare to dream of winning the race for 11th place. Now yeah. it's like, well, can we make the Champions League? Can, can we do what Newcastle did? Um I'm not sure we, we can just yet, but I've, I've, who knows? I mean, maybe maybe we can. I mean, but how how do you feel about Newcastle this season? Are you um are you as as optimistic as uh, Aston Villa fans are about our club? Well, yeah, I think it's it's really weird how we've leveled up. It's I mean it's a fascinating concept because we kind of went from 
last season was all about really consolidating because, or it was supposed to be, just to be clear, it, it was supposed to be about consolidating. We kind of went on this massive charge to get out of the relegation zone the season before. And then last season we came in and, and had this magnificent season where we qualified for the Champions League and we've got into a cup final as well, which is just dreamland. So that's for the first time in 20 years, like over 20 years for a cup final in terms of um, a domestic cup final. So it's been fantastic, whereas we wouldn't have expected that. This season, it's slightly different. We have got more depth in the squad. Yes, we've got games, but I don't think any Tomb fan is really looking at that and thinking we should finish below top six. We absolutely should be in that mixer for top six. There's going to be a lot more clubs now having reset. I think last season was a, a bad season for your traditional big six. Um, mm. But we've now stormed into that. They're going to be right back at that as well. You know, Chelsea are going to want to be up there. Liverpool have obviously got some work to do. Spurs, you know, the, the good things are going to come from that. They've appointed, you know, um, uh, I can't remember the, the the Australia. I can't remember how to pronounce his name. Ange Ange Postecoglou, I think is that Postecoglou, something like that, isn't yeah. it? Um, that, so they've made massive changes. They're going to be in the mix with us as well. So we've got to be considerate of that. But at the same time, I don't think anyone would now be thinking we should finish below sort of top six. We've we've got to be back in Europe in some capacity come the end of this season because mm. otherwise the project is you know the project doesn't allow for that. That's one thing we learn is that. Our new owners are really ambitious. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fascinating to see how both Newcastle and Villa cope with uh, European football as well as uh, the Premier League. I mean, of course, I mean you're in, you're in the Champions League. Um, a, a, a must be an amazing feeling to see a team back there. I think for the first time since two thousand five. I want to say. The, I think it might be the year before that. Um, right. so we did have. I think we went out to Marseille in the semi final. Um, right. we, we didn't fail to qualify as well which was an absolute joke basically there's been a, a catalogue of errors um, but it was a different club at that time we kind yeah. of weren't ready to kick on under Freddie Shepard and there was a lot of and that led to kind of Sam Allardyce Michael Owen yeah. all that kind of saga but I think for us like I say it's it's amazingly exciting our draw is on the 31st of, Oct of August mm. all eyes are on that to see where we're going who we're going to be up against. It's going to be absolutely magnificent. When do you guys find out about where you're going? Well, we've uh, with our draw for the for the Conference League, it was uh, earlier this week. Oh, right. And uh, yeah, it's going to be either FC Lucerne in Switzerland or Hibs. So uh, John McGinn's former club up in Edinburgh. Yeah. Um, that'll be a... I, can't, I kind of want Hibs. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. It would be a good atmosphere. Yeah, know? Because, you know, English club versus Scottish club would be quite, quite a fun, tasty yeah. affair, I think. Scrappy, wouldn't it? Yeah. Proper, proper football. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my tip, Newcastle, Champions League semi-final. That's what, no that's what I genuinely think that's going to happen. Well, if you get a good... If you don't end up drawing, you know, like Real Madrid in the, you know, the first knockout round, if you yeah. kind of get a nice run, I think your home atmosphere on a Wednesday night... Oh, God, Yeah. It's going to be magnificent. I think, you know, a lot of people's logic is that we might drop out. We might drop out into another competition, into Europa League, and then mm. have a strong run on that. But we're in such uncharted territory. Nobody knows the impact that's going to have on our league season. So I think the priority really will be in that competition, but but to be there next year. But even though the management group will, will constantly say, like, we're in a competition to win it, which is lovely. That's exactly what 
fans want to hear is that even when we approach the cup, there's going to be no more of these. Okay, we're playing, you know, second eleven or yeah. third eleven, just for domestic cup purposes. I, I love that kind of attitude change, and I think Villa's probably seen that as well. Just in kind of, there's genuinely somebody that knows what they're doing at the Tiller, mm. and therefore it's it, it's going to be a fascinating season. I think for us, like I say, is you got to be careful. Well, I mean, maybe you should get ahead ahead of yourself, but certainly for me, I feel still a bit conditioned not to. I couldn't possibly think about Champions League semi-final. <laughs> yeah, it's that's it. Like uh, where we did our season preview this week, uh, and it's the same thing. Still in my head, I'm like, oh, should I get ahead of? Should I? Should I allow myself to be too optimistic? You know. Yeah. But I, I think as you say, you know, it's both clubs with ownerships now that you know mean business. Uh, managers who clearly have a plan and know what they're doing. Um, assistant managers who. <laughs> clearly uh, <laughs> take a below <laughs> go on yeah, I see you got that picture ready how got where's Jason Tinder where is he where's well, Tinder he's around here somewhere in a program <laughs> put him yeah. up I'll put him up there <laughs> yeah. shaking hands yeah um well uh Freddie you know look before before we head off mm-hmm. gotta get your score prediction what's gonna happen on Saturday oh god what did I say last time when we went into into Villa away I think oh, you predicted a Newcastle win, I think. I don't. I don't want to misquote you, though. Not sure. I think it might have been a, a win, but close. I do think we'll win because I think we're at home, and I just think we're a really strong side now that knows how to win games. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be positive and hope that I'm not listening to you celebrating again after a few beers on Saturday night when you record your after show. Um, yeah. But I'm going to say two one. I think mm-hmm. you'll score. Um, just because I think you're you're a lot better team than some of the teams that come to St James's Park, and then it's a very kind of you know professional win for us. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say two one. I do think you'll score, but I think at the end of the day, second half around 60, 60 to eighty minutes, we'll creep back into control of the game, and I think we'll get that goal that gives us three points. Yeah, I think I think that that atmosphere at St James's Park will on an opening day of the season. It's it's just. It's not an ideal away day on your first day of the season, I think, um, particularly with the sort of form that you're in. That said, uh, you know, I, I think the two teams are so kind of level with sort of the, where they've been in recent months. You know, obviously you're a Champions League and finished ahead of us in the league. So, you know, you are ahead. But at the same time, it's like I feel like the form is so quite level. So I'm in that sense, I'm going to just go with a draw. 2-2. I'm going to say Harvey Barnes scores on his debut at, at home. I'm going to say that uh, Ollie Watkins grabs one and Buendia scores one. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Isaac and Barnes. That, that's, I'm going to go 2-2. Buendia, only because his, his pre-season form has been very good. Um, still a streaky player. Still good yeah. one week, not great the next. Um, but he was very good against Newcastle in pre-season, but obviously you can't read into pre-season too much. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think it's it's going to be a very... It's going to be... It'll be it'll, oh, yeah. Interesting. If I think if Villa can just get through the first fifteen minutes, just try yeah. and get through it, which is when it'll be, you know, the the magpie storm. Uh, yeah. So, but uh, but Freddie, it's been absolutely great to chat to you again. It always is. Um, you're part of the London Mags. I love the London Mags. Great group of guys. Uh, if people want to get involved with that, you know, there might be some Newcastle fans listening to this who might not be aware of it. So, uh, how can they get involved? Quick cheeky plug, you can follow us on Twitter or whatever it is these days, is 
at the London Mags. Um, we're a members community. Anyone that wants to come down, we're drinking the Dolphin, King's Cross in London. Um, home and away, match days, all of the crack and football. So, yeah, that's it. Okay, and I'm also part of the London Lions, Aston Villa fan group based in London. So we often play Newcastle. I won't mention what the score was last time, but it did make its way onto BT Sport. We've never played each other. I'm absolutely not <laughs> talking about. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think last time it was like we played you and I think Villa Villa won by quite some distance. But uh, I think the next game I was I was like, well, Villa play Newcastle in the league Premier League soon, so you'll get your Avenger. Then that didn't quite happen. So maybe maybe this season it'll <laughs> maybe this season. Oh, it's such a good time coming on here. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. No, no, as I say, Fred, it's been absolutely brilliant. And like I say, you know, any Newcastle fans want to get involved with London bags, I strongly recommend it. And any Villa fans want to get involved with the London Lions. Get involved with us as well. Follow us on Twitter or message me and I'll put you in the right direction.